It was a tough one in Seattle for the San Francisco 49ers falling 30-23 in week 13. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker to take you through it on this rapid react post-game episode of Locked On 49ers right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On 49ers, a rough one, a heartbreaker. The Niners lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Niners fall back to 6-6 six and six now on the season. Back to 500, still in the playoff hunt, but this was a tough loss at the hand of those Seattle Seahawks, 30-23. to 23. We'll go through all of our takeaways from this game, some key plays, give out some game balls as we do of these, rap, uh, these rapid react episodes. But Croc, just big picture here. A really deflating loss, right? The, the the Jimmy Garoppolo pass, fourth down and goal, getting batted down by Carlos Dunlap, falling incomplete, and that was it. The Niners were not able to to push the Seahawks into overtime. We're not able to get this win and keep the hot streak rolling and now have a lot of work to do to, to continue that march toward the playoffs. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. And, you know, I think we knew heading into really any game, the 49ers, really don't have the team to kind of overcome big-time mistakes. And I thought throughout this game, they just tried to give the, the game away. And crazy thing, the Seahawks, they tried to give the game back to the 49ers multiple times. But it was just a little bit yeah. too much for the 49ers to overcome. And, you know, it came down to the end. They had an opportunity to win it. But uh just came up just a little short, a little short. Yeah, they couldn't make a play when they needed to at the end of the game. There was a number of plays being made throughout uh, each team seemingly trying to give the the opponent an opportunity to win the game. I mean, this, this game was bananas. It was wild from start to finish. It started in the very first play. Um, and I see everybody jumping in already and in the chat. And I know some folks are fired up. Stick around after we're done with the regular portion of the podcast. We're going to continue the live stream a little bit longer. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the YouTube live. And if you're just listening on your drive to work Monday morning to this, uh, we do have a YouTube channel. So go check that out as well and subscribe. And everybody that's, that's already with us, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you do know when we're going live and you catch us every day that we do this thank you all of you for making us your first listen every day here on locked on 49ers uh, good news with trent cannon so far it's not um they're they're looking more at a concussion it sounds like than a neck injury for him and man just what a terrible way to start the game with that injury and, and seeing an ambulance come onto the field that is never good so thoughts out there with with Trenton Cannon and um as of now at least good news that it, that it's not you know a severe broken neck or you know some of the worst things you could think of when he's down on the field and they bring the ambulance on and he's going to stay overnight in the hospital so uh hoping he has a full recovery there but i guess um you know as bad as that could have been i guess some somewhat of good news there on on Cannon's injury. And then the 49ers come out and still had a little bit of juice, even though, you know, that's something that could really deflate the Niners from the start. Just take the wind out of your sails right away. See one of your players go off in an ambulance and then you get a quick three and out, except it's not a three and out because the Seahawks go with uh with the little trickery and the fake punt. Now all of a sudden the 49ers are in a seven-nothing hole and the game just got even weirder from there. I mean, this game was absolutely nuts and um, it should have been on Sunday Night Football, right? It I mean, it, it, it that should have been that, a prime timer. 
when they pulled that game, when they flexed the 49ers out of that spot, it was just weird because at, regardless of records, like you got to, when the 49ers and Seahawks are playing against each other, throw the records out the window. That stuff doesn't matter anymore. Like, you know, it's oh, going to be a heavyweight fight. And I thought in this game, that's what you want to see in a big game, right? Just, just big plays, whether it's for you, whether it's against you. I'm talking about just a casual fan watching, maybe has no rooting interest in either team. That was a fun game to watch. Now, it wasn't fun for 49ers or probably even for Seahawks fans with how the game started for them, but there was a lot of back and forth early on that made it definitely an intriguing matchup. Even the announcers, the guys calling the game, Kevin Harlan and whoever yeah. else was there, they were like, man, what is going on in this game? I think we were all on our couches uh, thinking the same thing. Yeah, Kevin Harlan's really good. I love games that uh, the Kevin he, Harlan. Uh, he was he was good, but like super annoying when you're down. <laughs> when your favorite team is down, I mean, it was every. I'm used to hearing him. He calls basketball games, right? Uh, he does all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm used to hearing him call basketball games. So I felt like every time somebody ran the ball, it was like somebody like shooting a three pointer. Oh my goodness! And the three, and it clanks off the backboard. Like it was like, okay, I, I get it. Like okay, there are there's a lot of back and forth. They, you know, settle down just a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, just just really quick, playoff picture wise, Niners still as of losing after losing that game, uh, before the prime timers here. Seventh seed, so now tied with Washington. Washington would have the tiebreaker because their winning percentage in conference games, and that was tough because now you lose a, a tiebreaker there in your winning percentage against conference games, losing to the Seattle Seahawks. For the for the playoff stuff, it's it would have been better for the 49ers to lose to, say, the Bengals or the Titans rather than the NFC teams on their schedule because that conference uh, win percentage is one of the tiebreakers. Washington, who did win, is, is looking like Washington actually is one of the few teams that wants to make the playoffs in the NFC. The Vikings lost, the Panthers lost, the Falcons lost, the Saints lost. Those teams are are closer to being top 10 or picking in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Some of them are uh, closer to that than, than closer to the, the playoffs right now. The Eagles at 6-7 and seven are right behind the 49ers at the eight seed, but the Niners got to prove that they're going to be able to win some games and stay above 500, or we can't talk about the sixth seed or the seventh seed. So that I, I see a lot of people in the mentions talking about Trey Lance. Where was he? You're not going to use him at least on the zone read there when you're trying to get that. What was it? Third and one. They tried with Garoppolo to get that one yard and went zone read with him. That did not work at all. Some people are clamoring for, Trey Lance to start next week. And that's just kind of how this thing goes. When you have a rookie quarterback, you drafted number three, your quarterback has a bad game. There's going to be another wave of that. I do not think that's going to happen, but we do have to talk about the game that Jimmy Garoppolo had here. Uh, 20 of 30 passing, 299 yards, make some big plays, but bad Jimmy showed up too many times with those two interceptions, two touchdowns, two interceptions in this game. What was your thoughts about the game that Jimmy Garoppolo played, Croc? Yeah, early on, right away, you could tell. It's like, all right, Jimmy, you need to settle down just a little bit. A lot of high throws out the gate. But I, it's weird. And maybe because it was – see, I, I don't know. But I, I never felt like the 49ers were out of it with Jimmy. I was always confident that he would somehow lead the 49ers to victory. So as bad as it was, and, and we saw the overthrows, and we saw those things, I, I still felt like he gave us the best chance to win that game. Like I was So when the 49ers were marching down – uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, you know, to potentially tie the game up. I was never worried. Like, I felt like, okay, this is Jimmy. And again, 
tough thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, you are going to get some of the bad, but you're also going to get some of the good and the good, uh, the very least put the 49ers in potential, you know, position to potentially win the game. But yeah, the, 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 the overthrows, the digs I tweeted out, I said, man, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo throws the digs so much. You would think he's in a 49er uniform, right? I mean, he's picked him. He picked Jimmy G off. Maybe he picked him off early in the year. Uh, digs on the crosser. He picked that off. Uh, he picked him off in that one where he threw two interceptions against Seattle on Monday night football. What was that 2019? I believe it was. So, um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's always around the ball when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo throwing interceptions and he got him again. Just obviously way too much up and down, but that's, I mean, that's Jimmy G. Yep. Where was Jimmy going on that second interception? That was, that was kind of deep down the middle because it looked like Ooh. he was trying to fit it into a double covered George Kittle. Uh, did like, I, that was, that was an odd one. That, that one was he really was bad. throwing it. He was throwing it to Kittle. He actually had Trent Sherfield like, if he would just throw it to that open space, I mean, that's a big catch and run, maybe a touchdown opportunity. I'm not sure if the safety was sitting because he saw Jimmy throw the ball or if he was sitting and Jimmy could have threw it out there and led Trent Sherfield and it would have been a touchdown. So uh, he was trying to fit it over the middle to George Kittle and he just he just missed high, as he did with several passes in his game. And I think he, he probably expected that that middle of the field safety was going to go with um, Sherfield, who came across on well, like a post or whatever he was running there, and so maybe he anticipated it and and then just didn't move off when it didn't happen. But that was bad. And yeah, the turnovers, and it was I think this is the first week, Croc, in our keys to victory. We didn't talk about turnovers very much, and we should have because it's always such a big factor in NFL games. And it came up big in this one. Too many turnovers, giving letting the Seahawks stay in it. They. Sh- Early in the game when the Niners were up, what, uh, 10 points or nine points after the missed extra point from uh, from Robbie Gold, they should have just been on the accelerator and ran away from the Seahawks. So um, it's it's a huge loss because that's the way this game should have gone. And they, they let the Seahawks stick around and then gave the game away to the Seahawks in the end. You, you have a lot of people in the comments, and you mentioned it earlier, talking about, you know, Trey Lance and, you know, Trey Lance, where is he at? I do see one com- comment from our guy, uh, SF49OR. <laughs> 49OR, that's how it's spelled. It says, Trey should have started from week one. You know, you know, he says, uh, how much worse would the 49ers have been than 6-6 six and six with Trey Lance? And I think that was kind of, I mean, right now, it's easier to say that in hindsight. I think, you know, heading into the season, you expect with Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, you know, this is a team that's going to start off well. And I think at this point, you think, you know, maybe three maybe four losses, but you definitely don't expect a Jimmy G led team to be six and six at this point in the season. So it's easier to say that now. And now you're just kind of in this and you have to kind of stick with it. But I, I agree And this. And for that reason, I would have went with Jimmy Gr- and this is not a hindsight thing. I would have went with Trey Lance from the jump because of situations like this. And you just want your young guy play, you know, stick it through. And I felt like the 49ers want to be that Super Bowl team, right? That, 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 very dangerous team, you will be better with Trey Lance getting as close to his ceiling as possible than with Jimmy Garoppolo because you do need a lot of things to go Jimmy Garoppolo's way to have a good season. And right now, when things start getting a little weird, you know, he's going to be the first person person that people point uh, the finger at. Okay, more on that. Jimmy G, the quarterback situation, his weapons on offense, who showed up, who didn't for the 49ers and uh, the defensive side of the ball, and, of course, some game balls, as we always do on our Rapid React podcasts. Uh, But first, I want to let 
the listeners out there know about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You got another device that you're watching highlights on. Maybe you've got your uh, your phone you're watching highlights, but you're trying to to tweet about the game, and you're and you everything's just all convoluted when you're trying to watch football on Sunday. You've got a million devices and a million different passwords, and you've got your sister's brother's password and your uh, your cousin's password for this other thing. You can get your TV together at home, and it's called Direct TV Stream. Brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device again ever. And the best part, there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package all right croc so to to end this conversation about jimmy garoppolo and i'm and i know we're going to stick around here after and and get into the comments and the chat a little bit here um and throughout the week this will this will come up but you don't you don't make a change midstream here, right? If you're the 49ers, like yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy they chose. They want to win with Jimmy this year. It's going to be Jimmy. And if anything, to me, the, the thing the Niners aren't doing that Kyle Shanahan has given up on is packages for Trey Lance that I think could help you situationally, that that's where they're missing the boat on not having Trey Lance in there. I would be shocked if they went to Trey Lance after this, even with, you know, Garoppolo, and bad Jimmy kind of showing up a little bit too often. Yeah, I I don't see Kyle Shanahan making the change. I mean, yeah, at, at this not, point, again, you got to just, as the young guys say, and I see this on social media, got to see it through, my boy. He got to see it through. Got to see the situation through. You know, it's you, you, you made the decision to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. And right now, Jimmy had played well leading up into this game. So I think that's the one thing, right? I, I think everybody's going to look at this game and they're going to say, Jimmy Garoppolo, like you can't win with him. And it's like over the last, you know, previous three games, he played well enough to get you victories and wasn't making mistakes. Uh, even the game before that, I, I believe it was, what was it, the the Bears game, you know, early on where he had an explosive game passing in, in, in that game as well as the Cardinals game. I thought he did well. And I even said, like, I don't think Jimmy was the reason for it. I lost that game. So, you know, he – Everybody's going to look at this game and kind of isolate it as this is what Jimmy is. But again, he, he's been better. So quarterbacks have bad games. They have bad games. I know everybody wants to go to Trey Lance and everything like that. And I always tell people, go watch other teams and understand everything had been pretty much perfect over the last few weeks with the 49ers. And this game, it just wasn't. But you have, I, should, I saw Tom Brady throw a pick six and stuff earlier today. Like it happens with him too. Matter of fact, they said there's like five straight games Tom Brady has thrown a pick. Now, I'm not comparing Tom Brady to Jimmy G, but I'm just talking about it in the sense of like things like weird things happen. Quarterbacks have bad moments. I'm not going to hang Jimmy Garoppolo for having a bad game when he had played well for the last month. We do have to get on to some other subjects here, but the one thing I will say, and this is the big frustration with Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is why the folks that want to go to Trey Lance want to go to Trey Lance, is just because with Jimmy, if he's not super efficient and he's making bad plays and creating turnovers he doesn't have the big plays that he creates either with his legs or with his arm to make up for that and I think that's the frustrating part with Jimmy Garoppolo it's got to be really clean and for the most part it is a, a lot of times and they win a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo but when the run game's not there and you really need a player to make some plays Jimmy G's not really that guy either you know and, and we know that but you we know, already it, know that. 
And I see a lot of people like, oh, well, he's average. You know, he's this and that. And it's like, we, we know, we've been on that. Like, we know that about Jimmy Garoppolo. But it doesn't change the fact that he still can play at a good level. Even if, you know, they, 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 they won most of the last few games because they ran the ball 40 times. Whatever. In those games, the reason why they were able to run 40 times is because he made enough plays and throws on third down. So, you know, you hope you can get back to that against the Bengals. But, yeah, I won't. I'm not going to. I get it. It's not the sexy thing. And you would like to see Trey Lance in there, but I, I just don't think this is the time as much as I would love to see it. Elijah Mitchell is one tough son of a gun. 22 carries for 66 yards, running hard, um, even with the Seahawks defense keying on the run. And he did have the touchdown run there, got hurt, came back in the game, fighting through it. I love seeing that from him. By the way, I don't see Jeff Wilson in the stat sheet. Did they call that run back that he made? Because I think he got on the field for one play, then Elijah Mitchell came yeah. back. It, they called holding on like the mm. right tackle or right guard or somebody. Okay. Oh, speaking of right tackle, that safety, uh, Compton got just destroyed by Carlos Dunlap <laughs> on that safety. Like that can't happen in the end zone. You can't be an offensive lineman who's on his back in your end zone, right? Like that is the worst thing you could possibly be as an offensive lineman is getting uh, completely bull rushed right through your chest and in your own end zone to boot. For the most part, the offensive line played pretty well, though, I thought. But, man, um, Tom Compton. That, I mean, that was a huge play in that game, too, with that safety. Here's some good news. George Kittle, nine catches, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he was awesome. The, the toe tapper on the sideline, catch and run. He was running over dudes. Uh, it was really nice to see that George Kittle back, getting him 12 targets, nine catches for 181. Like that, Even with Debo in there, I feel like George Kittle's got to be a bigger part of the passing game. Yeah. I mean, you see how much he, you know, how explosive he is and, and really having the game like he did the previous week, one catch for like 12 yards or whatever it was on the screen. Like it's, it's unacceptable. Your offense is just much more explosive when you have him involved and you make, and you make him a big focal point of your offense. You're better. I mean, the, the chunk plays, the explosive plays, the attitude and what he does to a defense and how you have to respect him. Like, I don't see how he's not consistently a big part of it. And again, have him and Debo be a part of it. But you got to make sure that Kittle, who shows like, nah, like, you know, you guys have been talking about Debo Samuel. I'm the best player on this offense. I think today he showed that he can be that. Now Kyle Shanahan, let's make that, let's let's be consistent with that. Do you blame Jimmy on the incomplete pass to Kyle Juszczyk? I feel like Jimmy and Kyle Juszczyk have done this a few times where you, Juice will turn his body in an awkward way and he's kind of, He's kind of yeah. back. I, I I would put that a little bit more on juice. I thought Jimmy put it out there. And I guess you can't put it out there as far for a pull, fullback as you can a wide receiver or someone like George Kittle. But I thought maybe juice could have done a better job tracking that ball and, and pulled that one in for Jimmy. I get what you're saying. And I could think of one in my head where he's kind of backpedaling and jumps up. But I thought that one, like, no, Jimmy just overshot him. Like he's wide open. Or it, that's kind of a layup and you can't miss the layup throws. I was listening mm -hmm. to Kurt Warner kind of critique Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's like, some of these throws, like you can't miss that. You're a starting level NFL quarterback. You've been in the league. You're a veteran. You can't miss these layup throws when you, get, when you have those. And that one back shoulder throw, I want to say it was on the last drive where he threw a back shoulder. That was a beautiful throw. That was great. Now, can you just, you, you made that difficult throw. Make the easy throw with nobody around uh, uh, Kyle Juszczyk. So, yeah, I put that more on Jimmy Garoppolo because it, it doesn't have to be a dive. You just have to get it to a guy that's wide open. 
Brandon Ayuk, he, he was he had a drop, um, two drops. Yeah, two <laughs> drops. Uh, that slant that that uh, DJ Reed broke up, I thought that was a pretty garbage route by Ayuk. Um, needed Ayuk and Kittle to step up in this game, make big plays. Kittle did. I felt like Ayuk didn't rise to the occasion. He did make a couple of plays. He had a 21 yarder. Uh, he had a catch on that last drive. Three catches for 55 yards total. Are you as let down by the Ayuk performance as I am after this one? Yeah, because some of those plays, are like, did you got to make that third down drop where it, you know, he had the ball, then it popped out when he hit the ground. I understand, mm-hmm. like, those are difficult. That's essentially what happened to Kyle Juszczyk, too, right? Kyle Juszczyk made, like, this acrobatic catch, hit the ground, ball popped out. Same thing happened to uh, Brandon Ayuk, but, you you know, if you're the guy, right, you're the first-round pick, you got to make that catch. And it is disappointing to see plays like that happen. And I do feel like he can win a little bit more consistently. Now, a couple of those catches is like, well, nobody's guarding you. You're just wide open. Right. You know, where he ran that bench route late in the game uh, into the open area. Also, that pass I was like over the middle, settled down in the zone, wide open in the open area. But when we need you to win, which he did late on the slant route, do that consistently because that's what they brought you in to be. Yep, absolutely. Um, Oh, look at all these people jumping in here on the live show too. love seeing that. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, folks. Thanks for jumping in on this. Locked on 49ers post-game live rapid react episode. We're going to get to a ton more stuff and some game balls and stick around after the regular pod is done. We're going to jump into the chat as well and keep keep this thing going a little bit. I think some of the listeners out there uh, and some of the viewers on YouTube might want a little bit of a therapy session. We can kind of wrap that in together because I know a lot of folks are extremely frustrated out there right now after this 30 to 20 three loss at the hand of those Seattle Seahawks. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball, Croc, DBs, uh, Emmanuel Mosley injury, the defensive line, give out those game balls next. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. If you've had the Built Bars, you know what I'm talking about. Built Bars are amazing, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in 100% real and delicious chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and low in fat, but high in protein. Keeps you satisfied. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Uh, I skip breakfast a lot. Love to go to the Built Bar to get me to lunch. You can do post or pre-workout with your Built Bar. Put it in your golf bag. Put it in your purse. Have one handy because you never know when you're going to need that Built Bar. And uh, they're so delicious with so many flavors, some new holiday flavors as well. Uh, there is, oh, how about this one? You want to cozy up with something warm. Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and let it melt a little bit. Give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand if that's the way you are going to do it. What's your favorite flavor? If you're not sure, you can get a mixed box of Built Bars as well. Just go to Built's.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Croc, I think we nailed the line on this one. We said that we thought the 49ers were going to pull this out. They didn't, but the, the money side of things with the line maybe smart to bet on the Seahawks as it comes to putting your money on it. And uh, that was the winning side of this bet. Unfortunately for those 49ers fans that are tuned in and watching this, and you can get those odds and make those bets and find all the props and lines and as much and more than ever before 
as football season continues to march toward the playoffs at built at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked on to receive that bonus. Not only football, you got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for this 2021 season and some of those futures in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Defensive side of the football, Croc. Yeah. What'd you think about Demo coming in to replace? the injured Emmanuel Mosley. And then you had Dante Johnson come in and replace Demo after he got beat a couple of times. So what was your thoughts about that? The 49ers secondary. Um, I, I really got a good chuckle out of Josh Norman getting toasted by DK Metcalf, but Russell Wilson threw it out of bounds. And then he's just like, you know, flexing, talking to the camera. Um, <laughs> I always love that from defensive backs. No matter if they did it or not, they're going to take full credit for any incompletion. Well, 100%. The, the, the position is so hard to to play you you got to take any win even if it wasn't necessarily a win for you now i think overall 49ers secondary had a rough game you know it, it was bad it was terrible like there's no defending that and i had a lot of people in my mentions how how's croc gonna defend josh norman now like no he had a bad game <laughs> he had a bad game and you know kind of like i said about jimmy garoppolo i'm not gonna kill jimmy garoppolo for you know one bad game over the last month where you know it was a game man not not as efficient as he'd been, you know, a little more off target, you know, threw a couple of interceptions. I thought the same could be said for the secondary where this was their, probably their poorest uh, outcome and with how they played it. Even then statistically, it wasn't terrible, but you know, the results obviously weren't in their favor. I, I thought this was as bad as they played. So uh, I, I know who Josh Norman is. I don't look at Josh Norman as like a shutdown corner. I think he's somebody that's serviceable uh, considering you are now down to your starting cornerbacks and you have somebody come in off the street. I ideally, you don't want Josh Norman to have to be in there. He is in there and it wasn't pretty today. Uh, same with Yamadou Lenore. Now that's somebody that a lot of people have been screaming. He should be playing over Josh Norman. He comes in, gets toasted right away, and Kyle Shannon says, ah, nope, let me take you out. Or not Kyle, but D'Amico Ryan, whoever pulled him out. Now, I do think on some of those, the the I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, the guys did play poorly, but that one pass that Josh Norman gave up the touchdown to Tyler Lockett, that was a good throw. That was a good yeah. throw. Like, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys whatever else. Some of the comebacks, I thought Josh Norman could have challenged himself a little bit more. But that one... That was a little, that was a little tough. And then Diamondo Lenore, he got beat on the touchdown by Eskridge, where, yeah, you are in the zone, but bro, like everybody knows in zones, you read your keys, right? So I, I don't know exactly where Eskridge lined up, but let's say Eskridge lined up at the one spot, right? If two goes away right now, now you can squeeze one. One essentially turns, it essentially turns into man to man because there's nobody else to threaten your zone. So don't just keep sagging off and play off when you have a guy sitting in the area and you can squeeze that and attach to him. Well, Lenore sat off, ended up giving up that touchdown. Definitely not ideal. Lenore is going to have a lot of learning lessons with how exactly they want him to play. You know, unfortunately, right now, it, you know, it potentially cost a 49er a game. Not saying it was just that, but just in general. And overall, uh, you know, R Russ wasn't really on point, but it was sort of 
they made enough plays and they had enough opportunities. The Niners gave them the ball enough times. And then it was sort of backbreaking on a, on a few plays like the touchdown to Tyler Lockett. And he ended up with seven catches, 68 and a touchdown. Uh, Russell Wilson only threw for 231 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. So overall, when you look at the stats, it's not that impressive, but I felt like, yeah, that secondary got beat uh, too much. D- DK Metcalf had five catches for 60 yards. Eskridge had three catches, his first career touchdown, rookie on rookie crime there on Demo. Um, Penny had a catch. Swain had or Swain had two, uh, three catches. Homer had four catches. Disley had two catches. Everett trying to give the game away um, multiple times. There had four catches, and man, he would have been the huge, huge goat in and this game if it wasn't for uh, the the Seahawks coming away with the victory. There are a couple of things too. I, I kind of wanted to talk about, and it's crazy because you would think that with how the 49ers secondary got beat that you do for 400 some yards. And that happens, right? So like we look at it and we're getting on the 49ers DBs for just this bad game against the Seattle Seahawks. You look around the league and they gave up 230 yards around the league. There's teams quarterbacks throwing for 400, 450 yards. You know what I'm saying? One thing that was interesting though, to me was the fact that Seattle Soon as they have the reserves in, they say, you know what? We're going to take advantage of these guys. We're going to target them. We're going to target Lenore, right? He's a rookie. He doesn't belong in here. He can't cover our guys. Kyle Shanahan, I, I can't even tell you who the Seahawks starting cornerbacks are because I felt like we didn't even attack them. DJ Reed. I know that because I saw him late in the game. But it's yeah. like, who, who's starting on the other, other side? We don't even know because we don't even attack those guys. So, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan could take a page out of Seattle's book and say, hey, you know, we see a weakness. Let's go ahead and target these cornerbacks over and over until they make a play. And that was what uh, Seattle did when it came to Diamondo Lenore. Sidney Jones on the other side. Sidney Jones. The the refs. I heard his name one time because he had a tackle like in the backfield or something. That play uh, in the fourth quarter, too, in the back of the end zone. I mean, they, they, that gets flagged uh, if it's not end of game situation where we're refs tighten up. You know, a lot of mean? fans had a question about that, and I didn't know he's, if he's it, all over him. I mean, you, you you can't have your you can't be bear hugging a wide receiver while the ball's in the air. I mean, it's clear as day. So, and, and you know the the receiver's trying to push off a little bit, and there, there's some jostling there too. But yeah, that it's something that like, and I'm not really against. I'm not against them having a no call there, but they're so ticky tack most of the time with pass interferences. And then there's one that's pretty obvious in the end zone that could be the difference in the game. And they're not willing to throw a flag in that situation. So I, I do hate that. But um, but you're right. I mean, that that's a it's well said. I thought there was going to be a ton more passing yards total than it was when I looked at the box score after the game. It was only 231 passing yards for Russell Wilson. He didn't have a great game. And part of it, Part of the reason why, and actually, let's start there with the game balls because we got to wrap this portion of the show up really quickly here. Um, I think the defensive line, the the entire yeah. defensive line deserves game balls. Bosa and Armstead, DJ Jones was all over the place. Multiple tackles for loss. He was crushing them inside. The Niners' defensive line was dominating the Seattle Seahawks' offensive line. Uh, Arden Key had a half a sack along with Al Shire. Al Shire was awesome in this game. I thought sixteen total tackles. Almost had that Superman interception, with which would have been amazing. And it seemed like um, the balls were just sort of, you know, th- there was the ju- the juice catch, the Ayuk, uh, and the Al Shire. It was like this, they just couldn't make that one play that might have put them over the top. But uh, the defensive line was awesome, and I think that's part of the reason why. I and mean, that's definitely the reason why, with how many chances and how many times the Niners gave the ball back to the Seahawks, that they didn't put up more yards and they didn't score more points was because uh, of that defensive line. So absolutely the 49ers, just the entire defensive line. There were so many guys involved uh, in, in, what, four sacks in this game. So, yeah, they all get a game ball for me. 
Yeah, I mean, in four sacks, and I mean, a really big time stop. The defensive line was a part of it late in the game. Obviously, you had the force fumble. I believe it was Al Shire that punched it out. Yep, and, yep. Uh, you know, gave the 49ers an opportunity to go down and tie the game up. You know, defense, they were very opportunistic. Forced three takeaways. Now, again, one of those, Jared Everett was a part of two of those. I'm like, is, is Eric, if it's Everett uh, point shaving a little bit, does he Dude. want me to win my bet? Yeah, it seemed <laughs> like it a little bit. He's kicking the ball up in the air. <laughs> the for an interception and then fumbles on another goal line. So yeah, that's that's a yeah. bad look, Gerald Everett. But I, you know, I want to give a game ball to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know people are really hard on him. And and again, Ooh, he okay. part of the reason why the 49ers were down were because because of him. But I do like kudos to him for at the very least late in the game driving down 97 yards or whatever it had to be to give the 49ers an opportunity to win. And and again, I'm one of those people, regardless of whatever went down in this game, we got to put that behind us. We got an opportunity to win this game right now. And he drove the ball, the ball down. He marched the 49ers team down there and gave the 49ers a, an opportunity to potentially win. So I get it. And all the bad stuff. Again, I'm one of those. I know bad stuff is going to happen in games. Every game is not going to go according to plan exactly how you want. You got to put that behind you. I thought he did a good job of that and potentially putting the 49ers in position to win the game. To me, the 49ers lost this game not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to have the most fingers pointed at him, not because of the 49ers defensive backs, but Tom Compton just getting destroyed in the end zone for a safety. No time for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball away or anything like that. Like that play was destroyed. The safety and the the special teams touchdown, the fake punt. That's nine points. Niners lost by seven. That's nine free points that the Seattle Seahawks got right there, and that just can't happen. So um, it was just a really weird game like that. All the turnovers, all of the uh, the game changing plays, and there was multiple. And there's some that we haven't even talked about because I'm forgetting them, and I'm sure we'll be reminded about it in the chat. But those types of those nine free points that can't happen. I mean, the, the Seahawks offense only scored 21 points, you know, on their own. So that's, that's the game. That's the game right there. I think a lot of people will point at the officials. And I see that a lot in the chat. A lot of people talking about the officials. They were bad. They were bad. And, and I agree, but at the end of the day, you can't help them. And I thought 49ers didn't do themselves any, you know, justice throwing multiple interceptions, fumbling on the opening kickoff of, you know, the, uh, uh, the second half, you know, letting a, uh, a fake punt go 75 yards, touchdown, like you have the safety. So, yeah, the 49, the, the, the refs didn't help in this game, but I don't think the refs were the reason. I thought the 49ers were the reasons. They beat themselves with a lot of the uh, unforced errors, or I guess they were forced, but, you know what I mean? A lot of the turn, uh, shooting themselves. Yeah, shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, there was a lot of that going on in this game. All right, for those of you who are listening on the audio podcast, this is it for this Rapid React episode. For those of you on YouTube, stick around. We're going to get into the chat and keep this thing going a little bit more. As always, thank you so much for joining Croc and I every day, making us your first listen right here on Locked On 49ers.